This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the ministry of the Christian Crusaders. Have you ever been written off as a hopeless cause by people around you or even by yourself? Have you ever written someone else off as a lost cause? If so, our story has something for you and me to take to heart. Please stay with us for today's message, Encounters, Jesus Loves Short People. Our message for today covers one of my favorite Bible stories, the story of a man named Zacchaeus. It's a classic, and I hope you'll stay with us for worship today. We begin in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray. Almighty and loving God and Father, we approach your throne of grace today to bless your holy name. You're the giver of life and the God of our salvation and worthy to be honored and praised. Amen. Our reading for today is taken from Luke chapter 19, beginning at verse 1. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was short in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they all saw it, they grumbled. He's gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Dear friends, have you ever been written off as a hopeless cause by people around you? or even by yourself. Have you ever written someone else off as a lost cause? If so, I'm glad you're listening in because our story for today has something for you and me to take to heart. In our passage, which was read earlier, we find Jesus closing in on Jerusalem where he will carry out the rescue mission for which he was sent. He's passing through Jericho which was only about 20 miles away from Jerusalem. Now, there was this man who lived in Jericho named Zacchaeus, and we're told that he was Jewish, a chief tax collector for the Roman Empire, and very rich. We also learned that Zacchaeus was short. He was physically short in stature, so short, in fact, he couldn't see over the crowds welcoming Jesus as he came into town, so he had to climb a sycamore tree to get a look at Jesus. But Zacchaeus was short in a variety of other ways as well. We see that he's short in morals. His name meant innocent and pure, but he was anything but that. He shorted people out of their money. He worked for the government, but tax collectors were known to charge people more than was required in order to make a profit for themselves, to line their own pockets. 
They were cheats. Zacchaeus didn't care about the poor or anyone else. He didn't share his wealth with others. He was tight-fisted with his money, keeping everything for himself. He was successful, but he lived for making money and having the best things money could buy. Money had become kind of a, a god in his life. It was his security. He was willing to do anything to get it, even cheat his own people for personal gain. Which brings us to the next thing that Zacchaeus was short on. He was short on respectability in his community. Nobody respected or liked him for that matter. He probably was very short on friends. After all, he was working for the enemy to make his money. The Roman government at that time was the world power of the day and his nation's oppressors. He was forcing them to pay taxes to support the evil empire. So Zacchaeus was seen not only as a cheat, but as a traitor to his own people. And finally, Zacchaeus came up short in his relationship with God. He was living a life of disobedience to the commands of God. He stole and he cheated. He was living for money and depending on it for security instead of God. He was ignoring his neighbor's needs, the poor and even his own people. He fell far short of living a righteous life before God. Well, Zacchaeus had heard Jesus was visiting his community and he heard, he'd heard some things about him. His miracles, his teachings that had people excited. There was also talk of Jesus being the Messiah sent from God. So Zacchaeus went to see for himself who this Jesus was and what he was all about. I do wonder, though, was it just curiosity or perhaps a thirst within, a spiritual thirst? Even with all his possessions and wealth, was something missing for him? Was God already working in him? Only God knows the answer to that question. Anyway, what we do know is Zacchaeus came to see Jesus. Was he in for a big surprise? Because while he came to see Jesus, it turns out that Jesus was already on the search for him. And a life-changing encounter was about to take place in his life. Because he was so short... As I said earlier, Zacchaeus couldn't see Jesus coming down the street, so he ran ahead, climbed a tree to get a look at him, and finally he could see Jesus approaching. But then when Jesus got near, lo and behold, he stopped. He looked up in the tree at Zacchaeus and made a short statement that would change that small man's life. Zacchaeus! How did he know his name? People had to be wondering that. Zacchaeus had to be wondering that. Hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. That phrase, I must, speaks of divine necessity. That word is used again and again. It threads its way throughout uh, Luke's gospel and uh, is spoken by Jesus. I must do this and I must do that. He's under divine orders. Zacchaeus must have been stunned, maybe even a little embarrassed to be brought into the center of things. And Jesus, he had to have wondered, come and stay and dine at my house today? Right now? I, I can't believe it. This man of God wants to come into this old sinner's house. 
We're told that Zacchaeus scrambled down that tree and received Jesus joyfully. Joyfully. Could it be that Jesus' self-invitation to Zacchaeus' house was heard as an absolution of acceptance, and his joyful receiving Jesus marks the moment of his awakening, his conversion. The evidence of faith is joy, right? Predictably, the people of Jericho grumbled about this action of Jesus as they watched the two of them walk towards Zacchaeus' house. They said, he's gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. Going into someone's home and having table fellowship with him or her was to basically extend the hand of acceptance. And this crook and traitor did not deserve that as far as they were concerned. Now, we don't know what happened in that house. But when they emerged from the house, what a surprise. A new Zacchaeus making a public speech to Jesus, showing extravagant, lavish repentance and faith. Lord, look, he said. Now, that word Lord means that now Zacchaeus recognizes Jesus as the ruler of his life. He shows the turnaround that's taken place in his life as he says, Look, Lord, one half of everything I own, I give to the poor. Wow, suddenly there is this open-handed generosity that has taken over his life that was not there before. One half of everything to the poor. In those days, 20% was considered way out of this world. He's talking half of everything. And he promises the restoration of money gained through his cheating. He'll give back to those he cheated double what the law even required of him to give back. This would reduce his living circumstances substantially, right? But he does not care. He's found something far more valuable for his life, a relationship with Jesus, living with Christ in the kingdom of God. It's interesting. Last week's text was about a rich man as well, the rich young ruler. He encountered Jesus and then after a conversation walked away from him because he was so rich. And Jesus said to those witnessing that conversation how hard it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. It's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. And those who heard Jesus say this said, then who can be saved? And Jesus said, what is impossible for man is possible for God. And today we see that impossible thing happen. A rich man gets saved and changed. He lets loose of the wealth which was the center of his life and what he depended upon for his security and instead entered God's kingdom God at work. Hey, Jesus takes the opportunity to have the last word in this episode. By the way, he makes an announcement, an affirmation, and speaks an authoritative word as well. He says, today salvation has come to this house. He's actually talking about himself when he talks about salvation, because where Jesus is, salvation is to be found for those who accept him as master and reorder their lives accordingly to follow him. And Zacchaeus is saved, isn't he? 
He also affirms, he also, Zacchaeus, is a son of Abraham, meaning he belongs to God's people through faith in Jesus. He's family now, God's family, believing in Christ. And the word of authority, he sums up his mission. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. And that's what's just happened. It's what he's just done. He sought out Zacchaeus and he saved him, didn't he? This statement is filled with authority as Jesus calls himself the Son of Man. Because the Son of Man was an Old Testament Messiah figure found in the book of Daniel. So Jesus is really saying here, I have the authority from God to find and restore lost people like Zacchaeus. These words also point us ahead once more, up the road to where Jesus is headed, to Jerusalem. And what lies ahead there? He who set his face to go to Jerusalem back in Luke chapter 9 of this gospel is almost there now. His fate lies 20 miles away. And the prophets have spoken of the fate that awaits Jesus, the Son of Man. There's rejection and suffering and death. But his mission is not just to die, but through the cross to rescue lost people from sin and its consequences. The biblical scholar N.T. Wright says in his commentary, the statement in this story, he has gone to spend time with a sinner, will now soon change to Jesus has gone to die with two thieves on a cross. And the same reason will underline both of these statements. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. I find two takeaways for us in this story. First, Jesus loves short people. I have to say I'm glad he does. But let me explain. I'm, I'm glad about this because I'm short. Not physically, though I am shrinking a bit with age. But I'm short in righteousness before my righteous God. We all fall short in the righteousness department. The Apostle Paul says it in this way. All have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. In God's eyes, we are all Zacchaeuses, all in need of a Savior, all in need of God's forgiveness. All of us are lost. The good news is that Jesus came to seek and to save us on behalf of his Father who wants reconciliation with all who have fallen short of his righteousness. We read in 2 Corinthians, written by Paul, at the cross for our sake, God made him, Jesus, to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus looks at sinners like me, stuck up a tree because of our sinfulness, and he calls us to come down to him, sin and all, that we might have forgiveness and experience God's grace in our lives. 
Dear friends, if you're far from God, if you're feeling like a lost cause and there's no hope for you, God has not written you off. Maybe people have written you off as a lost cause and maybe you've written yourself off, but God has not. It's not too late to come to Christ, to come to the one who calls us down to himself. But note, he says with a bit of urgency, I must come and stay in your house today. Someday it will be too late. Judgment day. This story reminds me a bit of the promise of Jesus we find in Revelation 3. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. There is rescue and salvation awaiting, standing at the door, a new start, a new joy-filled life awaiting anyone who opens the door of their life to the Savior Jesus Christ, and it lasts for an eternity. So friend, whatever your story is, Jesus is calling you today to himself. He's seeking you in order to save you. And here's the second takeaway. It's for those of us who call him Savior and Lord and those of us who are in Christ's church. There's a lesson here for us. Here's what the master is teaching his disciples, his church. There are no write-offs in his book, no one beyond his redemption. With God, the impossible becomes possible. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. Can we who call ourselves Christ's church do anything less? We are not to piously separate ourselves from the world and give up contact with the lost types and the prodigals, the people whose morals and values and lifestyles make us cringe and feel uncomfortable, who might even oppose Christ. Instead, remembering that we are sinners ourselves, saved by God's grace through faith in Christ, we are to humbly make the approach and seek to enter into a loving relationship with them. I ask you, is there anyone in your life that you've given up on, written off as a hopeless lost cause? I know there have been times in my own life, God forgive me, when I've self-righteously stood in the company of the grumblers in this story who had written Zacchaeus off. It's so easy to do, isn't it? A few years back, a Christian songwriter named Bruce Carroll wrote a profound song in which each verse describes a person whose life is totally messed up. And then in the chorus, he asks this question, who will be Jesus to them? Who will show the love that restores them again? Oh, they do not need a judge. They need a friend. Who will be Jesus to them? Will you? For that is the mission Jesus has given you. Amen. Let's pray together. Lord, we are so grateful that you sent Jesus to seek and to save the lost, and that there are no write-offs with you. Help us to build our lives upon that assurance and to extend your love and grace to others. In the powerful name of Jesus, we ask this. Amen.
Now, as you go on your way, may Christ go with you. May he go before you to show you the way, behind you to encourage you, beside you to befriend you, above you to watch over, and within you to give you his peace. Amen. You've been worshiping with the ministry of the Christian Crusaders. It is our prayer that if you are feeling like a lost cause and there's no hope for you, remember, God has not written you off. It's not too late to come to Christ. Christian Crusaders is a nonprofit listener-supported broadcast ministry that seeks to serve the spiritual needs of those unable to attend worship in the church of their choice and all others who care to listen. Your gifts and prayers in support of this ministry help us spread the good news of the gospel to our world. Please consider, if you are in a position to do so, sending a gift to help cover production and broadcast cost of these stations. We thank each of you for your gifts and prayers. Christian Crusaders is pleased to host an annual preaching conference for pastors and spiritual leaders. This year's one-day conference will be held Monday, April 29th from 9 to 3 at Nazareth Lutheran Church in Cedar Falls, Iowa. For more information and to register, please visit our website, christiancrusaders.org, or call us toll-free at 1-888-MY-FAITH. That's 1-888-693-2484. This conference is a free-of-charge event. We are pleased you chose to worship with us, and we pray you will join us again next Sunday on this station. Conducting today's service was our speaker, Pastor Steve Kramer. Christian Crusaders has been broadcasting biblical truth continuously since 1936.